Hello, this is Matt Hines, and today I want to talk to you about the value of greens. Talking about some of the challenges that we face in our society around health and wellness and access to healthy diet. And what does that mean? Where are we struggling? Who's struggling? Um, are all good questions. But I think, um, you know, a really important point of emphasis that maybe doesn't get enough attention, I don't think. It's some, an idea that's really simple. It gets some airplay, probably, and I think there's general awareness of some of these facts. But it's still not really, I don't feel at the forefront of when we're talking about solutions uh, quite simply consuming more especially dark green leafy vegetables and other green vegetables and then you know but quantifying this what it, what exactly is it about the greens that are so special and for this, it's uh, you know, the most apparent way to look at this is micronutrient contents. You know, it's the whole like A to zinc, you know, vitamin A, B, C, D, uh, the, your water soluble and fat soluble vitamins, which if you take any kind of basic nutrition class or, I don't know, this is these idea, the idea of uh, a micronutrient awareness is is one of the things that uh, is is fundamental to personal empowerment. Um, and if you, but then if you look at all the foods, and you look at which ones have far and away the highest micronutrient content per pound, which is what I'm. Which I'm, which is what I'm most concerned about, and that's uh, that's greens, and especially at the at the top of the list, according to some numbers, is uh, kale, collard greens, Swiss chard, but close behind that is any kind of uh, broccolini, and uh, well, I have a list here. And so I'm I'm looking off of this is uh one of the more common not totally perfect measures but a good measure for this is the Andy score which generally it's out of a uh, 1000 is like a the highest score a food can get and kale, collard greens, mustard greens and swiss chard are a perfect 100 or 1000 rather 1000 but then, you know, some other things they have, like bok choy is is like 900, and it, it drops a little from there. Like cabbages are anywhere from 400 to 700, and broccoli is 400 to 700, arugula is 600, lettuce is 500. Um, some other foods are very high as well, like that are not greens, like carrots are 450, and uh, I'm going to pull up another list here uh well like asparagus or 
yeah, asparagus is 400 or so. Tomatoes, mushrooms, pepper, cauliflower. Those are all pretty high scoring. But the but at the top, it's all the leafy green vegetables. And you would talk about uh, what people are missing. What makes the diet unhealthy? Like we talk about pe- the American diet is unhealthy. What about it is unhealthy? And you can focus on a lot of the attention goes on like, well, you shouldn't eat this. You shouldn't eat that. But I think what's maybe a more constructive way of viewing our diets just and and I'm just speaking from my own personal experience when you tell me that I can't have something it makes me just want it more (laughs) so like the whole idea of uh, restrictive uh, diet recommendations I think having an awareness of which foods can be can tend to be the most problematic and there's a good degree of variability from one person to the next on what those foods are and getting to know what foods are disagreeable for you I think is important process to to go through for sure um and I know there's some people that have problems with certain of these greens too the digestion considerations are really important with this and not everybody does extremely well so it's even this recommendation is not universal but what i'm what i'm getting at is that an emphasis on consuming more greens i think can go a super long way in empowering each individual to improve their diets uh if you're going to do one single intervention, personally, I think that's like the most inter- that's the most important intervention is to eat more greens. Or even if you don't like any of the greens, taking a look at this Andy score list and I think that's a really it's a really powerful guide. And I said the I don't feel the Andy score is perfect because what Andy is, is it's micronutrients per calorie, which that's cool. And it basically tells you what you need to know. But I think I'm a little bit more concerned about nutrients per, because you can look at the calories and you can look at a lot of foods also have like their micronutrients listed on it too. But what I think the most important number is, is micronutrients per unit of weight or pound or ounce or whatever. That's the number that I would really be interested in knowing. And I think is interesting to know so that you can target foods that you want to try to get more of in your diet. And, uh, but even still, I think if you, and I, and I haven't seen the, the micronutrients per pound measure. Like I said, the Andy score is the closest thing I've found, but it's per pounds. But it get, I think it ends up very similar. At the top, it's greens. So any dietary intervention that uh, I, I think I think just focusing on eating more greens is, again, 
really, really huge. Um, but to go the next step, because it's not just about eating raw greens, because I think if you eat a lot of raw greens, some of those have, like kale has, um, without getting too far into the weeds, basically just eating a bunch of raw kale is not going to be the most nutritious thing. Proper preparation and cooking of the greens, especially the, the collard greens and the, and the kale and chard, that's going to go a long, long way to, first of all, making that food and the, and the nutrients in it widely available where eating it just raw by itself, you won't be able to access all of those nutrients. Whereas if you cook it appropriately, it, it's, you can unlock all of those nutrients and but also it tastes way better like eating raw kale is gross eating raw chard is even grosser raw chard is disgusting in my opinion <laughs> i'm but but if you have it you can have it raw in like a salad but it's mixed in with other stuff and it's mixed in with oil and then it tastes good and but then also like if you cook it steamed or sauteed then it, you can make it taste and, and mix in like garlic and sauce with it. And then it tastes bomb. It tastes really good. You can make it taste really good. And you can even trick a picky kid pretty easily if somehow you like were to like dye the food and disguise it. You could, you could easily, because the greens take on oftentimes the flavor of whatever you're cooking them in. And I'm not like a top chef, not even a bottom chef, <laughs> but, uh, so I'm not going to try to get into like how to cook, but just that's a really important consideration, proper preparation of, uh, of the greens to make them far, far more palatable and agreeable for, uh, your digestion. And so, you know, because I see... I see a lot of initiatives around diets and, and dietary interventions like fad diets, but also, you know, higher level initiatives too. And there's a lot of, there's so much information. There's so many suggestions out there on what eat this, don't eat that. You try this diet, you have to restrict all of this. Let's well, and then there's other things like okay, well, how should we spend federal dollars to deal with this the problems that we have with obesity and growing uh, health problems? And by the way, like who is most affected by this? The upper half in terms of wealth of people in this country, they have like access to one of the best diets ever known to man. And maybe it's less than half, but most people or a lot of people already have really good access and they have really good diets. So they're good and they eat a lot of greens already. So they're good. It's the problem is that people that are not wealthy for whatever reason, for a number of reasons, they're not, they're not getting enough micronutrients and that's at the crux of it. Because again, you can focus on like, oh, they're eating too much McDonald's. 
and they're making poor choices, they're buying fast foods, they're buying microwaved foods, and their poor decision-making is why they're fat and sick and unhealthy. But I think there's a lot more to it than that. That's a really simplistic way to look at it, and we have to be asking the question like, well, why are they eating so much McDonald's? Is it really their choice? And if so, why are they choosing that? And you can go down a whole study for why that's happening. But I just think, well, another way to look at it is, I bet if you looked at greens consumption, there's probably a correlation in people's health and greens greens consumption and and health. And non-wealthy people are not eating very many greens and they're not healthy. But then look at look at the accessibility of fresh greens for those folks. Take an honest look at the circumstance that they are in and see how easy it is for them to access those greens. I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's easy if you're poor to eat on a consistent basis greens. And I don't think it's true that if... I bet if you gave poor people uh, a really well-prepared greens, a dish with greens in it, they most of them would love it and they would wish they could have that. And if you t- give them a little bit of information, and m- most of them already have this information, they would be like, yeah, I want to eat more greens, but like, it's hard. It's hard to access. So all this to say then... I'm interested in initiatives that are focusing on bridging this gap. And if we want to focus on, get get narrowed in on something, let's focus on specifically greens. How do we access, increase access of green leafy vegetables for more people, especially poor people? And there's many different junctions in the food system that I'm not going to get into in this podcast, but I've talked a lot about this in my Fixing the Food System series last year. Um, and all all of those modifications could apply in an, an initiative specifically aimed at increasing access to um fresh greens. And the very last point I'll make is how, just how powerful they are in terms of weight and volume. Because like a little bit goes a long way. You don't have to eat five pounds of kale every single day to get enough micronutrients. In fact, a half a pound per day of well-prepared greens will basically can basically serve as a multivitamin and ensure that you're getting the whole spectrum of micronutrients that you need every single day. And, uh, you know, that's really powerful stuff because if you don't, the, the, the super, super last point, why that matters anatomically or, or physiologically and what's happening without getting t- into too far a detail and 
hopefully hopefully not oversimplifying it too much but basically as i understand it over time especially as you age every day that you go without satisfying your daily recommended intake of micronutrients is a day that your body just breaks down or it can't do all the processes that it needs to do to metabolize your food and to do all of its other functions. And over time, it builds up with rust, including your brain and all all the parts of your body, all the systems of your body. Slowly over time, they like rust and they decay and you get sicker faster and you die faster. You put on top of that a lot of other foods that are uh, can be taxing for the body, like fried foods and saturated fats and um, additives and things that cause additional wear and tear on your body, then uh, you're going to be in a world of hurt and you're just not going to be able to function fully and as well as you can. So, and, and for as long as you can you can you won't you won't live out your health span potential so i mean that's what's at stake here and um so greens we're all about them <laughs>